So this week, I'm so excited for my message. And I just have to tell you a short personal note that God does some crazy, crazy things with me. And I will tell you that I will get my message. And this particular message I got four weeks ago, five weeks ago, and I knew it was for today. And, and I knew we were going to listen to Pastor Chris last week and, and just had all this lined out. 99% of it was already completed. And then I had to work on the music. And I'm like, I felt this song and I felt that song and I felt this other song and I put it all together. And it wasn't until we were doing rehearsal this morning and I'm playing the songs and singing them. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is my message wrapped up into worship. And you would think once you hear it and you hear the message, you'll think he spent all this time planning it. He did not. Let me just tell you, he did not. He did. He did not. But it was really, really awesome. Last week, we had a great message from Pastor Chris Hodges via podcast. And as I said last week, we don't have the money to bring guest speakers in. But that message was so amazing. And if you missed it, you can go back and watch it um, on our belongdfw.tv. You can go back and watch it there. I don't know if it's up on our YouTube channel yet, but it will be. And you can also listen to the podcast. It's just an amazing message on depression and the mental illness and the things that we're all going to face. We all face at different times. And if there's one topic that it commonly comes back and back and back and back and back as I talk to people, and I believe my wife would say the same thing, and I'm sure you would probably agree as well, that is what is facing so many people, as well as anxiety. So this ability to have this and not just be silent in the church and go, well, we're going to play like that doesn't happen. We're going to play like, because that, that's not fun to talk about. We actually stepped out there and we're trying to be proactive. This morning, I want to talk to you about something. I posted it up on Facebook to kind of be a teaser, but I want to talk about the comparison leads to a blurred focus and distortion, which leads to discontentment. This morning, the title of my message is Discontentment. And, and I want us to look at that, not, not that I'm trying to follow up on depression. This is what, again, I knew what my message was going to be this week. Comparison leads to blurred focus and distortion, which ends in discontentment. I want to tell you that there's tools that the devil uses to shift our focus onto our circumstances, and then we become dissatisfied in our life. In general, and if I had to put a definition to that discontentment, that would be it. A tool of the devil to shift our focus onto our circumstances and then be dissatisfied with our life in general. Can I remind you that in John 10.10, Jesus says, there's two different things here. You got the, the scales going either way. He says, the devil's come to rob, kill, and destroy. So depression is coming to rob, steal, and destroy you. He wants to kill you if he can. And that's where suicide comes in. And he wants to come in and just get you to end your life. He wants to change your mind of how you see everything. He wants to rob from you that you don't feel like getting up and going to work, that you don't feel like you're going to make it, and all of these different feelings, these different emotions. Jesus says, on the other hand, but I have come to give you life to the full. And we see that balance, and I think that many of us during our week, we will go back and forth between these, because sometimes things of life will just like pull us this way, like it's trying to really rob, kill, and destroy us, but on the other side, we have to shift our focus over here and say, Jesus, but I know you have life. I have to go towards you, 
Discontentment, though, is trying to shift our focus instead of on this stuff that's just considerably, constantly consuming us. Saying, God, I've got to do something outside of the box. I've got to look over here. And sometimes when we do that, it just continues to seem like it's over and over and over. And that's one of the tools of the enemy, too, is just to keep wearing you down. James 1, 2 says, dear brothers and sisters. So he's like, hey, man, we're all in this together. When troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. When you're in this struggle and you're being pulled towards all these things that are trying to pull you down, consider it an opportunity. Hello, wake up, recognize, and, and, and this is an opportunity. But I don't know about you, whenever I'm struggling with stuff, I don't go, oh, this is an opportunity. Oh, I see what's going on. The opposite of that is true with me, and I'm going to guess it's with you. That I go, oh my gosh, it's not going to work. It's not going to make it. How are we going to live? And I feel like I'm drowning. Set an alarm. Consider it an opportunity. Galatians 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap. We do not give up. At the meeting we had this week with all the ARC pastors, they flew in someone from Birmingham to be here and just to encourage us and send us love from Pastor Chris and Church of the Highlands and the whole ARC staff. And he stood up, and I don't even know how many people were there, Lenore. I, I, you know, 25, 30, something like that. And pastors from all the different things. One, one church brought, like, their entire staff, so the executive pastor, the young adults pastor, they're all there. And we got a chance to just talk to them all. And, and it's funny because we would all start laughing. And that room got so loud as we're just like, ah! It's mostly guys, which is crazy. That, you know, that many guys can make that much noise. But as we're in there, we're talking. They're like, well, how long have you been planted? How long have you been doing? Oh, you're at three years. Oh, man, I remember three years. I'm at four and a half. Man, I'm finally over that hump. Or we did this. Or we're trying to build right now, but it was raining too much. We can't even pour the footers. We can't even do this. And man, if we could have three days of sunshine, we'd be able to do this stuff. And we're just sharing back and forth. Um, Create. uh, No, that's not what it was. Um, 1137, 32. I'm messing up their name. Sorry, guys. But um, they're talking about that they rebranded and then you know, they got all this thing. And they're like, but you see all the success that we got. He goes, but you didn't see the 23 years before that our pastor just sowed. He goes, he went through everything you're going through. One of the pastors says, a minister ministered to me. He goes, it was so amazing. He said this. And he, he went on and on. It, it got uncomfortable for me even there in the meeting. He goes, don't ever, never Never, never. And I don't know how many nevers he said. I'm like, okay, I'm getting the picture. He says, but he kept saying never because that's what that pastor says. Never, never, never give up. That's what we see here in the scripture. Don't become weary in doing good. It doesn't matter that you've been doing the same thing and putting the same foot down and saying, I'm standing on the same scripture. No, don't get weary because you will reap. The only thing that's going to stop you is if you give up. But isn't that the story of our life? That could be of every multi-level marketing. That could be of every job. That could be of every entrepreneur. Everything. You will eventually work if you don't give up. But can I suggest to you, you have to keep your perspective to keep you from getting weary. 
Discontentment's going to take it to where you say, all I can see is it's not working. I don't see where it's going to work. I don't see where we will reap. I don't see any of that. I only see is it's not right now. We planted this church, and we're meeting in Davis Elementary around the corner, and, and I was meeting with the elders, and we were talking about where, our path and everything. God gave me this clear vision of a field like where they're, they planted this mound of dirt just in this row, and I'm sure you can visualize what I'm talking about. And he says, you can't see what's going on underneath the ground where you've planted that seed. But there's so much of the roots that are going down inside of there. And, and it just really is amazing to me to think about every service that we've had for three plus years of planting seeds and watering in this community. That even in me, this word is for me this morning. Hey, don't get weary doing good. Because you will reap. God's return of him telling us to plant in Plano is going to happen if we don't give up. Seeing us moving from this location to another location, and then we'll move to another location. And, and through the years, 25 years from now, we'll look back and say, oh, we were here, and then we were there. And, we're there. and it'll just be part of our story. Right now, it's like, ah. But this is part of our story that's being in the shaping and being in the making but this scripture is, re- is just jumping out to me. You're going to reap. Can I tell you that I see things in my spirit realm so big. I see the building that we will ultimately be in. I talk to Michael about it all the time. And I'm like, I see it here. And I, and I see the layout. I see it all in my spirit mind. I see just crazy. I see crazy amount of people. I see parking attendants. I see the Plano police out there having to help us get traffic to get people in and out. And yes, I see me on the stage, but it's not about me. It's not about how good I am. It's about the reaping of the harvest. It's about the lives that have been changed here. Another one of the pastors in this meetup says, hey, he goes, there's a book that I read. He goes, it changed my life. He said the title of the book was Up the Middle. And this pastor is making an analogy to sports, which I know nothing about, let me tell you that right off the bat. But he said, you'll see them run plays, and they go straight up the middle. They know they're going um, to meet with opposition. That's not the easy way to go. And you want to see it to go, hey, you just run really, really long, and I'm going to throw that sucker, and you're going to catch it, and that's going to be it. And we'll all go, yay, 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 we've had a touchdown. He goes, but what really brings success when you run up the middle and you only get two yards and then you just you just barely cross that line a little bit he goes in the next play you go up the middle and you make a few more he goes and if you keep going you take a little bit of gr- ground every time he goes you'll hit your first down he says don't give up in taking those little steps he goes and for me that's what changed it and then he didn't use these words but it was and it changed my perspective because instead of saying the, the big win, I mean, doesn't everybody like it? I don't like sports at all. It doesn't mean anything to me. But even when I'm watching it and I see them just take back and launch that whole thing, I'm like, oh, catch it, catch it. If it's my team, catch it, catch it, catch it, catch it, catch it. go. And when they do, you go, ah! Isn't that the exciting thing? Isn't that what we want? But that isn't necessarily, according to this book and according to this analogy, what wins most games. 
He went on to say that people that are in the Hall of Fame isn't for doing the crazy long things. It's about all of the changes that they did just one at a time at a time. Going up the middle. You will reap if you don't give up. Not just talking about the church. Not just talking about us here. I'm talking about you. In your life, you will reap if you don't give up. Can I tell you that one person's problem could be a dream for someone else? It's just a perspective. You've heard that saying that one person's junk is another person's treasure. We all look at things differently. It all comes into perspective. I I spoke earlier about wanting to get to share my stories and to hear what's going on. I have a friend, Jessica, whose brother was involved in a tragic accident. Ended up in a coma. And he ended up in this place that they didn't know if he was going to live or die. And we added him, I personally added him to my prayer list, and I was praying for him every day, and many times a day, actually. And I was just constantly like, God, I just lift up Brandon to you, Lord. I declare he's going to live and not die. And, and his, their grandfather's a pastor church in, in Arlington or somewhere in Fort Worth over that area. And they, of course, were all praying. Thousands of people are praying. It's not about us praying. That's not the point. But we w- jumped in there, and we started praying over Brandon. And we're saying, God, we're asking you that you'll save Brandon. Lord, that you will just rectify this thing. That Lord, you will just do a miracle. Lord, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. It doesn't look like it's even possible. But Lord, I pray that he wakes up out of that coma. Because see, that was the, the two lines that we could get through. That was the two yards. That was, that was just the little steps that we could say, God, that's as far as I can see. Would I like it if he just came out of surgery, came out of this thing, and all of a sudden somebody through this long passing just jumps up and starts running around? That would have been great, wouldn't it? But that's not what typically happens in our lives. So we're praying that Brandon will come out of the coma. Praying and praying and praying. And then he came out of the coma. And then it's like, I thank you. Jessica's writing. She says, God, I thank you for the small little miracles. And, and Brandon, keep coming back to us. Because one day I'm going to talk to you again. One day my daughter's going to come into this room. And she's going to be able to talk to her uncle. And, and this is going to work. And then, and then he, he wakes up. And then he's able to, to talk. And then he's able to do this. And, and step by step by step, he's walking. Jessica put this picture up, this video up on Facebook, and I don't know if it's, it was all flipped around, but I asked her to send it to me because I want us to look at where he's at. Again, I'm sorry, it's sideways. I have no idea why it's sideways. She did it the right way, but he's walking. That's not the same guy that was sitting in a coma saying, God, I pray that he's able to live to see tomorrow. The God that he'll be able to breathe on his own. Then God, I pray he'll be able to talk. He's had his niece up in his arms. She's crawled around. She's riding in the wheelchair with him. He's walking. It's the little steps. You will reap. If you don't stop, don't get weary. This video goes on for three minutes. So that wasn't the point to see all three minutes, but to see the boy's walking. He's out of the coma. 
I think of Hannah when she had her terrible ordeal. And, and I was told that she's going to be dead as soon as we pull this plug. We're waiting for family to get here. We're going to say last rites, and that's it. And thousands of people, including us, prayed. And the next Thursday, she walked out of the hospital. See, one's disposition can change. What it looks like today, it may not look like tomorrow. But I don't know what tomorrow looks like. Only God does. Remember the prodigal son thought everything was wonderful. We've talked about this several weeks, so I'm not going to even bring the scriptures up, but go back and listen to it. Go back and read it. But he says, he reached this point. He says, listen, even in my father's house, it's better than what I'm going through right now. Where he thought it was all completely a mess. It changed by his perspective. Can I tell you that people who complain about their job, complain about their hours, complain about their this or that, someone without a job would love that problem. Someone who's facing a situation where they don't know where they're going to live tomorrow would love to have the problem that you have of having to work at this time. It is in our perspective. It's in our discontentment. This place that we have to say, God, what am I looking at? Am I looking at the problem? Or am I looking at who you are? We sang this song this morning. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. I'm not going to look at what it looks like in my being able to see. See, Jessica looking at Brandon said, it looks really bad. When I stood outside Hannah's room and looked in there and saw her on all the tubes and everything, it looked really, really bad. We could have given up. That's when we lock in and say, God, I'm not going to get weary of praying for Hannah, for Brandon, for Jessica. And we can keep going on and on and on. And can I tell you, I know I'm going off screen, guys, sorry. Can I tell you that this prayer bucket is full of all these. Don't get weary. Say, God, I'm going to keep my perspective on you. How do I fight my battles? I look at you. God, I dig deep into you and what I can't see of tomorrow I trust in you. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? How do you fight your battles? Those struggles that are coming against you, are you taking them to God? Are you with God? Is what you cry out, God, you're my refuge and my help. You're the one I run to. Or would you say, I'm pretty far away from God. Maybe you would even say, I once 
had a close relationship with God. But for whatever reason today, He's not my refuge. He's not where I would run. I want to invite you to follow me in this prayer. To surrender your life to God. Whether it's for the first time, for the millionth time, for the ten millionth time. Shift our focus. Our discontentment. And see that God is our refuge. That's you this morning. Simply say this prayer. Jesus, thank you for paying for my sins so I don't have to. Today, I invite you into my life. I ask you to forgive me, and I come just as I am. My life is a mess. I don't know which way is up and which way is down. But I'm trusting in you. I surrender it to you. And I choose to follow you. In the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you with all my heart. Today I give you my life. Father, I pray for everyone in the sound of my voice, Father. Lord, as we are facing difficulties as we face opportunities as we face things that seem even uncertain that you're not up in heaven wringing your hands that you have a solution that we can see in the coming days that you see right now God that we can walk into you and can trust in you Lord, we give you our hearts. We give you our lives. We give you our perspectives, God. Lord, let us be thankful for what you've given us. Don't let us get weary in doing the same thing over and over again and thinking, God, when's it going to happen? Lord, let us remember that scripture. We will reap if we don't give Lord, I say I'm not giving up. Lord, it's my prayer that none of us give up. Father, we give it all to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.